Hotter Than Health podcast, a plant-dominant podcast for those looking to expand and elevate their lives. Each week, we will bring you provocative conversations and topics, entertaining interviews, and some of the biggest names in health and wellness to answer your burning questions. You will leave each episode with tangible tips and takeaways and understand what it truly means to live an energized and optimized life. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. I am so thrilled for our guest today. We have been talking more and more about mindfulness and meditation and especially breath work. Today, we have Ali Maz on the podcast. Ali Maz is an internationally sought after yoga and breath work teacher. She has been doing this for over 15 years. She is also a published author with Penguin Random House for her book, Girl Vana. Some of the things that we talk about today are eating disorder recovery, breath work for mental and emotional wellness, Gen Z mental health. We talk about entrepreneurship, of course, writing, and then we talk about women's cycles. Um, this is such an in-depth and interesting conversation. At first, I didn't really know where we were going to go. I thought, how much can we really do with talking about breathwork? But Allie is so much more than that. She tells her full story about her eating disorder recovery and how she's overcome it and how she practices on a daily basis. And now she is the teacher at Op- at Open. She's one of their main teachers. She teaches yoga, breathwork, and meditation digitally and in person. She also heads up training and development internally, meaning that she trains and mentors all of the teachers. I'm so excited for you all to hear about Ali Maz. And if you are interested or if you have been interested in breathwork, or maybe, maybe you just have heard about all the hype and you don't get it, this is a great conversation. And I think you all will have a lot of tools and tips. And I really like it. She takes us through a really quick, maybe 30 second breath work. So highly recommend doing this. I did it even after we got off of our call. I had so much energy and just needed to calm down. But without further ado, before I introduce you to Ali Maz and let you hear all about her story and all about her wild journey through emotional wellness, breath work, how she found freedom in her body and through food, I wanted to let you all know that, of course, I am still taking on clients, but I will only be taking on one more for the month of August. If you have not already booked a strategy call for the month of August, I know it's only August 4th, but these slots fill up. I'm trying to do as much intention as possible. If you're interested in booking a strategy call, head to my website, elizagwellness.com, and you can book a free strategy call to see if my program is a good fit for you. A lot of women that I work with are in their 30s to 50s range and they want to lose a little bit of inflamed weight. They want to focus on a more plant dominant lifestyle while also enjoying life. They don't want to count calories and deal with macros or measure and do scales, but we also want to have energy. We want to poop regularly. We want to uh, have less inflammation in our body, in our skin. We want to have energy. So many women that I work with, they say, Liza, I just want to feel light and energetic like I used to. That is the gist of what we do. We go through hormones and cycles and making sure that you are eating properly balanced foods so that your blood sugar isn't going crazy. Uh, There's so many things that we do, but if you are interested, I am only taking one more for the month of August. If you're listening and you have already booked a call, I am not including those. It's one more additional. Let me know. Uh, You can book it on my website, elizagwellness.com, and it's a strategy call. 35 minutes, and you can also see the other options on the website. (sighs) Without further ado, I am so excited to introduce to you Ali Maz. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just certainly what drew me to the brand was just the the how beautiful it is. Um, the way this, our sound quality, the visuals, all of it, I just feel like pull people in that maybe wouldn't necessarily want to or, or you know, are afraid of yoga or breath work. It just, it looks different. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you, you see that too. Well, I think that having a good aesthetic is really important because I think when people think of yoga and breath work and the, all of these different modalities, I think that we often think of 
wind chimes and dream catchers and, you know, long, long gray beards and all of these different, you know how it is, is people just kind of stereotype and go tunnel vision, but you guys have made it just so clean and chic and aesthetic and it, it is clean and appealing. And that's how you want to, that's how you want to feel at the end of your meditation. You want to feel clear. You want to feel inspired and you also want to feel elevated afterwards, which I think you guys have just done a great job of. Totally. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I think the biggest piece for me, the kind of through line in my, my, my career and with teaching is always been about accessibility. And I think that there's something around, um, the brand itself being really accessible. Like I always tell the story that my husband, I've been teaching yoga for almost 16 years now. My husband is not a yogi, but when I started at open and really was bringing breath work in a different way, there was something he could connect to, you know, all of the bells and whistles are, are kind of taken away and you're just, yes. sort of, you've taken this practice, um, this ancient practice, but combining it with modern science, which is really the open principle is taking ancient technique, combining it with with real, true research um, yeah. and this sort of modern approach, people are like, oh, wait, I like yeah. that. I want to be a part of that. This and, relates to me. And two things that open really does well, and then we'll get into like what is open. And I know we just kind of tangented, but open has really, <laughs> sorry, art. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. I'm not editing this part. Out. I, I just texted my boyfriend and I was like, I think the dog just pooped in the house. He's got a really bad stomach bug. I talked about on my last episode and he definitely did. I, I didn't even have to get up. I knew it happened. Just like, oh my like, God. Okay. So he's uh, opening the windows and got some things up. Anyways, but <laughs> that is neither here nor there. But what Open does a really good job of doing is also bringing in a different type of physique. When you think meditation, when you think yoga, you don't, you think more lean and graceful, but then a lot of the guys that are teaching on the open app, I noticed are fit. They're chiseled, like there's buff dudes in there. And those are guys who are not just doing, they're not just weightlifting. They're actually focusing on recovery and mindset. And that's what I think is so, so cool. It's, it's pulling in different body types as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really looking at the whole picture. Um, you know, certainly there's, there's many yoga practices and fitness practices that sort of speak to just the physical, but we're really looking at, yeah, mind, body, soul connection, and really this emphasis on breath as the through line throughout all of our practices, I think, um, is sort of a new take. Um, especially with given, yeah, just giving people more information. Obviously when you come to yoga, it's like, yeah, inhale, exhale, but really understanding how to optimally breathe and how that supports a practice deeper than just touch your toes, you know? Okay. That was a little bit of a tangent. I know I, I told you I want to just go ahead and start recording, but for anyone who is just now listening to the podcast for the first time, or maybe they don't know who you are, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do what is your career path? Because people just might think, oh, she's a yoga instructor, but you're so much more than that. Can you walk us through your life right now? What's what's going on in your world? Sure. So my name is Ali Maz. I am originally from Canada, uh, but I live here in Los Angeles, California now. Um, I've been teaching yoga and breathwork and meditation for I think it's 16 years now. I started when I was 20 and I'm about to be 36. I don't know when that happened, but here we are. <laughs> um, you, and yeah, I think- You have the pores of a 23-year-old, so. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> There's no filter on my Zoom right now, so I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I've been- just so passionate about bringing these practices in the most accessible way I can for the for last over a decade. I teach um, really from a place of empowering people um, to, to feel incredible in their lives. And these practices can be quick and easy and, and really um, have a deeper connection with your body, mind, and heart. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur and an author. I founded a company called Girlvana 10 years ago, um, which is for female identifying young people to have access to these practices where we address not only body image and self-esteem, but relationship with food. I am someone who has recovered from an eating disorder. And so I work specifically with girls with eating disorders. Um, 
and yeah so that's retreats and workshops with Girlvana. i'm a yoga teacher trainer so i teach lots of people how to also teach yoga um i wrote a book called Girlvana. um i used to have a studio in vancouver i owned a yoga studio many businesses in the last decade um and then i joined open two years ago as a founding yoga instructor i do a lot of our teacher trainings internally um i teach on camera on demand and live classes and um yeah, certainly by many, many hats. But yeah, again, the through line is really um, empowering people to to live a good life and really feel deep connection to themselves and their bodies. You're doing it all, girl. It's amazing. <laughs> well, you. with with what you do, it's it's not often that someone just maybe sees a picture of someone doing yoga, gets inspired and then changes their whole life to be involved in this practice. So what in your life triggered you to really jump in to understanding your body through breath work and meditation. Can you take us through what epiphany you had or what moment really rocked you or shook you and got you to say, Hey, I need this practice in my life, or this is, this is where I want to move. What happened? How did you, how did you get there? So I grew up as a competitive dancer. So I was always sort of in this place where I was using my body, right? I was a dancer. I was always in my body, but I felt really disconnected from it. You know, I think anyone that has been in some sort of competitive sport or something like that knows that um, it can be really grueling. And in particular in dance, not only are you supposed to be an athlete in your body, but your body is also supposed to aesthetically look a certain way. Um, and so eating disorder just was sort of the norm in, in my dance world, certainly. And um, I felt like I was constantly, yeah, just in at war with my body. You know, if my body was injured or I get sick, or it wasn't performing the way I wanted it to. It just sort of felt like me against my body. And then when I was 18, 19, I found yoga and it was like, I was moving my body in the same way that maybe a dancer would fluid into music in a studio with a mirror. But the narrative that I was hearing back from the yoga teacher wasn't about push. It was about listen, listen to your body. How does this feel in your body? Honor your body. And it felt like I had never heard anyone speak about their bodies in that way. My body is something I'm supposed to honor, listen to. Mm -hmm. No, my body is like Not something, something I'm supposed to change and fight no, against. No, exactly. Or abuse. Like really I look at the way that I was eating and over-exercising. It was truly a form of abuse and, and punishment. And yoga switched the narrative that I had with my body. Oh, what if I were someone to be honored? What if this body was sacred? What if this body was something worth taking care of? And it, it shifted the way I was eating, treating my body, resting, caring for my body, who I was in relationship with, why I was in those relationships. It, it totally changed the narrative of my life. And so I felt like, oh my gosh, I have to be, you know, when you feel empowered by something, something shifts you. It's like, I want to tell everyone about it. So that's how I became a yoga teacher. But specifically with young girls, I felt like I needed to go back to my younger self and give her these tools earlier. And so that was really the emphasis and the start of Girlvana was, gosh, if someone just taught me how to breathe deeply and slowly at 13, I likely mm -hmm. wouldn't have had that same anxiety or wouldn't have, you know. Um, had all those panic attacks in high school, you know, yeah. just those tools would have been so useful. Especially in this time where social media, like girls that are so young. And when I say so young, I'm, I'm 29 and I was on the cusp of growing up with it. So I was in college when Instagram came out or like, yeah, I was in college when Instagram came out. So I still had my childhood where we would go outside and play. We weren't filming TikToks. We were, you know, playing hide and seek, riding bikes. It was a very different upbringing, but it was, there wasn't as much of that comparison factor. Whereas right now there's a lot of that, especially with body image. You mentioned that you struggled with an eating disorder and it seems like you're pretty open about talking about that. Can you talk about what, what you were struggling with? Like what specifically what did you lean towards when you were in that mindset? What type of eating disorder or habits did you have? This week's episode is brought to you by Organifi. This is my absolute favorite supplement company, and I wanted to tell you how I have been using one of their major 
major products. It's one of the products that I don't talk about as much because I use it only about one week per month. Right now I'm traveling and I know I wanted to get ahead of some of the PMS symptoms and especially when I'm traveling I know I get a little more dehydrated and I don't have my normal movement schedule. So doing things to make sure that I am getting ahead of PMS symptoms is incredibly important especially if I have to be on point and alert throughout the day. Harmony Organify Harmony was created to support our women's cycles. It was going from depleted to nourished. So they can be in a nourished state so that they can rid themselves of pesky PMS symptoms, uh, getting back to the state of harmony that you desire. So Harmony has 12 different superfood ingredients like cacao, chocolate favored superfood blends that not only help PMS symptoms like bloating, fatigue, mood swings, but it also promotes healthy and more balanced hormones. Uh, This is really great for alleviating symptoms and taking back control of your day. It energizes and supports your mind through the different amounts of adaptogens. It has mood support and it has something called chastberry, which you may have heard of, which can support healthy estrogen to progesterone ratio, which can help decrease menopause symptoms. So not only is this great for the physical effects of PMS, but it's also really great for our mental state. So things like maca, chast tree berry, cacao, shatavari, stinging nettle, these are all different ingredients that are used. And remember, this is USDA organic, certified gluten-free, glyphosate residue-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, clinically proven ingredients, and 100% organic whole food. And again, this is the Organifi Harmony. It's got this chocolatey, sweet, turmeric, coconutty, deep, grounding, nourishing flavor that you always want when it's that time of the month. I drink this at night. I actually think it's fantastic in coffee, but I typically do it at night. So I'll have a little bit of the Organifi Gold, chocolate gold, and then I'll have some of the Organifi Harmony. And I put them together and I promise you it is one of the greatest hacks that I have for not only settling a sweet tooth, but also PMS symptoms. Make sure you're checking out Organifi Harmony products. You can check it out in the link in my bio or click on any of the show notes and you can find a 20% off discount. Just use the code HTH for 20% off. Again, for PMS symptoms, especially if you're traveling or if you're at home and you want to get ahead of it, you know it's coming up. Try the Organifi Harmony and use the code HTH at checkout for 20% off. Again, that's Organifi.com using the code HTH for 25%, 20% off at checkout. Yeah. So, uh, for me, it started off with, um, bulimia. Like I would, you know, go at that point I had moved to Los Angeles to become a professional dancer. I was 17, would go to these big auditions and, you know, it's a rejection world. You like give your whole heart and soul and then you don't get the job because maybe they want it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, you're maybe one inch too short or too tall. Your hair is not blonde or too Brown or whatever. There was always a reason. And I always felt like my friends that were playing competitive sport, it was like, okay, you kick a ball into the net, fair is fair, you win. (laughs) But with dance, you're training like a competitive athlete, but then it's like, oh, we don't like, you know, your look. And it's like, okay. (laughs) So it's hard. It's really really hard on your psyche. You're smiling too big. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I just felt like I was living in this world of where my world was out of control. And I think most people that have struggled with eating disorders Um, would say something similar. It was the only thing I felt like I could control in my life. My life felt out of my control. So food was a way of controlling. So for me, I would feel this sort of um, void of I'm so unworthy. I didn't get the job. I didn't get the audition. I'd feel so unworthy. And so to me, eating, binging was a way to quell that feeling of, of unworthiness. I could just stuff it down with food. And then purge was a way for me to reset. And it was like truly pressing a reset button. It's taken me years to understand that's what I was doing. I didn't really know what I was doing. It was sort of unconscious. Everyone was doing it. My roommate was doing it. We were just doing it, you know, but you and your roommate were both thinking secretly. Yes. Not talking about it, but certainly it was like after dinner, you know, you're in the bathroom and you come back. And that was sort of always how I grew up around dancers. We just, it was unspoken, but it was a reality. Did your, did anyone else know about this? Did your parents know? And they didn't notice that you were rapidly losing weight or were they noticing like any 
habits of, oh, she goes to the bathroom right after meals or? No, I think that I was really masterful at hiding it. Years later, I obviously shared this with my parents. I mean, I've written about it in the book. I'm always very open about this. I think it's so important to say these things out loud, especially because it's a, you know, it's not a wound anymore. It's a scar. Um, But I think that uh, when I told my parents, it was sort of just like, oh my God, we had no idea. I was just, and it wasn't that I was thin, thin, thin. Cause I was also had to be still like an athlete, you know what I mean? I still yeah. needed the energy. And so it was more about a maintenance than it was about disappearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's interesting about how it shifted is as I became more into the yoga world, I kind of got sucked into raw food and veganism and sort of all of those trends that were sort of very new at that point. Um, The next level of control. (laughs) The next level, the next frontier of I'm gluten-free, I'm vegan, I'm all, I'm everything you could be. Um, And then that to me was sort of more like actually, you know, anorexia. I was always on a juice cleanse and I was, I was still away for me to hide because I was a yoga teacher and everyone thought, oh, well, you're being so healthy. It's so healthy to do these things. And we didn't have enough of, you know, there's so many books and things and information now. There wasn't yeah. back then. Um, and that was when I started to get very thin. And I mean, my hair was falling out. I had lost my period. I had gray circles under my eyes. And it was kind of like, hey, I don't know if this veganism thing is really working for you. There was sort of, that was where more of the concern. Yeah. So I recognized, I was like, well, oh gosh, this is a pattern that's so much deeper than whether I'm a dancer or a yoga teacher, all these identities. This is just truly something that I, I need to heal. And so, um, I had a lot of shift around, I mean, what I, what I eat now, it just sort of shifted into intuitive eating. What if I actually listened to my body? All of the stuff that yoga was teaching me started to really have a profound effect and it it got me out. Um, I think that a lot of people will find that without, without saying it out loud, a lot of people do have concern shifting from regulations with eating rules and restrictions to more intuitive eating people don't give themselves enough credit i tell people all the time i'm like if you were left up to your own devices you would probably reach for some fries and some veggies it's not that your body will tell you that it needs minerals and nutrients and i think that as long as you're setting yourself up in situations that you have variety then there's no way that you wouldn't i really do think that the majority of people when left their own devices as long as they know where what they're trying to do, then they'll be able to make decisions that feed them and that benefit them. I couldn't agree more. For me, it was really working myself out of the restrictive pattern. I felt so dogmatic about my views and this is this. And I just, it was, it was so tight. Like I think back at that time, it was like, I had such a rigid lifestyle. Um, And so the softening and the surrendering and really understanding what my body needed. And it's funny because I still, when I was a vegan, it really taught me how to really cook with vegetables and really be more plant forward. And so I certainly keep that in my life. Like it it, it taught me lots about cooking and being in relationship to food. Um, And then there's a reality where I do eat a little bit of meat specifically around my period. And that works for me. And it it doesn't work for everyone. Whatever works for you works for you. And I had to really find that out. And so getting out of the, the rigid boxes that I had put my sort of quote unquote diet in, um, it's totally just dispelled. I, I truly just eat everything all the time, whatever I want. And I have no, yeah. no, um, it's just really, cause I'm in a way deeper relationship. I love my body now and I, lo- I want to take care of my body. And I sure. certainly did not feel that way, you know, when I, when I was in those patterns. I was talking to someone the other day about how some people are really good at recognizing patterns and the lesson that needs to be learned while they're in the middle of it. But mm-hmm. other people, myself, sounds like you, we have to get out of it and then learn our lesson. Like it's that, it's that cultivated self-awareness that you have to have and after, after the shit's already gone down. And that is the only reason why you're able to pull from veganism and from cooking and taking what you want, leaving what you don't, and then making it into what's yours. And the really challenging part is that you cannot teach that. You can't teach that. You have to just get through it, but with support, with guidance and understanding and like really, really good mirrors, understanding that you're looking in mirrors all the time. Mm -hmm. And with that, you got into breath work. 
can you just, for anyone who doesn't really know what breath work is, I think that people have a pretty good understanding of yoga, maybe not on a deeper level, but we understand it's a more physical movement, but what about breath work? It's such a hot buzzword now. Can you talk about how it came to be? Why is it important? What can it actually do for our body? Yeah, it's such a great question because I feel like in the last few years, you know, we've breath work has obviously always existed. It's ancient, you know, there we can trace it back to thousands and thousands of years ago of cave painting with little distended bellies, you know. Um, and then pranayama, which is a limb of yoga and an aspect of yoga. Um, these ancient breathing techniques, and we can see them in Buddhism, we can see them in yogic philosophy. Um, so it's ancient. We didn't just create breathwork like in 2015, you know, it's, it, this is ancient. Um, but as it sort of developed um, in the 60s, Stan and Christina Groff, they um, developed something called holotropic breathwork. And so they were at Esalen in the 60s and 70s, studying this type of breathwork, doing these long three hour sessions of people breathing with their mouths open. <sighs> and people are having psychedelic experiences. It was sort of the rise of, you know, psychedelics and acid. And, um, and so there's sort of that limb to it as well. Kind of, we call that more like the modern day breath work. And then since then, um, everyone's sort of taken their own take on it. The style of breath work that I teach and what we offer at Open, we call transformational breathing. It's a three-part breath. So it happens through the mouth. It's belly chest release. It sounds like this. <sighs> So that's one style, it's upregulative. So what we're doing is we're actually creating a safe container to stimulate the sympathetic nervous system. So you might be thinking, why would I want to create some more stress in my body? But yeah, what because it, <laughs> can you explain parasympathetic sympathetic? Yeah. So if anyone's listening, they can really yeah. understand. Yeah, so sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight. So it's that that mechanism that jumps in and says, hey, the tiger is chasing you, you better run. So it's adrenaline, it's clarity, it's focus. Um, most of us actually live there, um, all day, which, you know, uh, not always the most healthy, uh, parasympathetic is a rest and digest. So that's when you feel really relaxed and calm at ease. So when we breathe slow and deep, we stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system. So knowing that generally, and there's lots of practices on the app where we have down regulative breathing exercises that are stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, we want to be breathing slow deep, light or quiet and regular. That's kind of what we want to do all day long. So that when you step into a transformational breathwork session, you open your mouth, you breathe short, fast, cyclical breathing, and it has a direct effect on the body physiologically. It's been studied now. Maybe some of you are familiar with Wim Hof, this kind of Iceman, you know, Wim Hof mm -hmm. uh, guy who is teaching all this breathing and cold plunges. He's done a ton of research as well that it's boosting the immune system. It's creating mental clarity. It's alkalizing the blood. So it creates this safe container to really shift the state of the body. Then when you release this, this style of breathing and shift into your nose breathing and slow things down, the body can easier more easily get back into this place of our parasympathetic rest and digest. So it makes you, it helps you adapt to stress more easily so that you can shift in and out of those two states without so much high contrast. Totally. And it's exactly that. And it's creating resilience. It's really a place where we can, you know, focus on the body. It's stress, it's stressing the system temporarily. And what happens when we breathe in this way, it starts to quiet the ego, it starts to quiet that place in the brain, all those loud thoughts. So people start to say, wow, I was having a memory surface or a loved one came in or had this emotional release or, you know, it's a really amplifying practice and it tends mm -hmm. to amplify that. I taught last night and, you know, you see anything from la crazy laughter to tears, big releases to people saying, I've never felt more clear in my life, or I've been trying to figure out the situation and all of a sudden I just have the answers. So it's really a profound practice on a mental, physical, emotional, and, and spiritual way. And so for anyone who has not done breath work or they hear breath work and they think that they have to be in a dark room and close their eyes, do all these things. You can do it anywhere. Can you take us through like a 30, maybe even a 20 second couple steps breath work of the, what is it called? The transformational breath work. 
Yeah, so transformational or active breath work. So um, if you are driving, don't do this. And if you are by water, don't do this. So it's just really important because of that shift, you can tend to feel a little bit lightheaded in particular in the beginning. So you don't want to be driving. You don't want to be near a body of water just because of the, the balance of O2 and CO2 in your blood. So if you're at home and you're sitting down, um, highly recommend doing this practice. Um, but yeah, there are a few disclaimers, certainly not for, for anyone who's pregnant um, and then not for anyone who has a serious heart condition. So those oh, are some of so the- you should not be doing this. Is there any breath work? What, what about the sympathetic breath work? Can you do that while you're pregnant? Parasympathetic breath work, I mean, I yes. mean parasympathetic. Yeah, okay. so anything slow and through the nose, if you're pregnant or have heart, all of that is totally safe because we're um, upregulating, the heart rate will get quicker. So just not recommended for people with heart conditions and people who are pregnant. Got it, okay. Yeah. Well, all right, well, let's do this. Yeah, okay. so wherever you are, one hand on your belly and the other hand on your chest, and that just can help you locate the breath. And so the breath happens through the mouth. You take two inhales, one into the belly one into the chest and then exhale, let go. Belly, chest, release. In, up, out. That's it, belly, chest, release. In, up, out. Nice. And then we'll finish with one big breath in and out. So you can feel immediately. It starts to stimulate the mind immediately. It really, you can tell immediately. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And truly sometimes it's like, it's like when you get shocked and you can feel all the blood rushing to away mm -hmm. from your joints and then it slowly floods back. Yeah. It's nice, but I, I can see why you wouldn't want to do that when you're driving. No. And so that type of breath, I mean, that was maybe five breaths. We, so with a digital app, we have live stream classes. So you can practice with me live um, from your, from your home. Um, those practices are about 20 minutes. So you can imagine 20 minutes, you really oh, can start to shift your state. I did it's it. Really I did it for two minutes, Allie. I think I did one of yours for three minutes yeah. when yeah. I knew we were interviewing and yeah. I, I felt like I took an Adderall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt yeah. Like truly I hadn't had coffee yet, but I immediately um I like had a great conference call, which is what we call the, your morning poop. Great one. <laughs> and I felt energized all day long. And it was during a time of the month where normally I'm really tired on those days. It was right before yeah. my cycle. And yeah. normally I'm just kind of crashed that day. Yeah. It mm -mm, nope, yeah. clear. Good to go. Yeah, it will clear you out. That is for sure. It's really powerful for people who maybe yoga is not their thing. You know, they feel like they don't have the right yoga outfit and they don't have the mat and they're not flexible. You know, all of those things that surround yoga or meditation. I feel like when I do it, I just don't really get anywhere and I can't stop thinking. For me, I'm like, try breath work because it has that dynamicness to it, but it it's an active meditation because you are just sitting there or lying there, but you have to focus on this one pattern. Mm -hmm. So it keeps your mind in the present moment and you can actually feel a true state shift. Some people that try meditation are like, I don't know, maybe I'm- You have on. to like do it a bunch. You have to meditate a ton of times before you kind of get that one good, you know, transcendent moment, but then totally. with breath work, it's truly, I, I, even during those six rounds or whatever we just did, I felt a difference. Yeah. Truly. I felt no, a difference. It's incredible. It really has that, that quick effect. And so I just think it's really po potent, really profound for people. Um, and then when you stop the breathing, you slow the breathing down and the state shifts to parasympathetic, then you go, oh, this is what it feels like to feel calm. Oh, I feel so relaxed. Oh, is this what people are talking about in meditation? And it's like, yes, it is that just state um, of ease and calm. And so I really feel like um, everyone should try breath work if it's safe for them. And certainly anyone can do the sort of more down-regulative stuff for relaxation, sleep that we have on the app as well. So there's many mm -hmm. ways to do it, but I love talking about um, this active style transformational breathing because I just think it's it's certainly changed my life. That's 
I really love that a lot. And I like that it's called transformational breathing because you can tell immediately, I think that especially in this generation, we want instant gratification. If it's not working yeah. right away, then it's not working. And I, I like that. I want to go into Gen Z mental health and you don't have to be Gen Z to find that this is relevant. And also full disclosure, if Zoom cuts us off in nine minutes, then I will hop, just check your email. I'll send you another link and we'll hop right back on. <laughs> but with Gen Z, what specifically have you noticed in, because other than peaked anxiety, I think that that's a cultural norm now, if you will. Um, other than peaked anxiety, can you talk about why specifically you want to work with Gen Z? Because we don't really get a whole lot of that on this podcast, but I know we have a lot of Gen Z uh, listeners. Yeah. Um, oh, there's so many reasons. I think back to similarly to you, um, you know, I, I, I got through high school without social media for the most, you know, like we had like MSN messenger, but totally different. Um, if I wanted to like see an image of something that was going to trigger me, I'd like go to the store to buy a magazine or, you know what I mean? Now it's just really at your fingertips. So I just think the accessibility to what you see is so much more confronting. Um, there's also the PCS anxiety, depression, suicide rates are higher than they've ever been amongst teenage girls specifically, um, which is very alarming. And obviously post quarantine pandemic, being alone in your home, not going to school and socializing the same way we were able to has been very hard. All of those things compounded with climate crisis. <laughs> We have this whole, we're starting to define it now as eco-grief or eco-anxiety. We actually just did a whole series on this at Open um, that you can kind of go through and, and, and listen to these different kind of meditations, but you're watching the whole planet, you know, like the resources are, are drying up. The planet is hotter than it ever has been. We're in droughts. Like it's, there's more dread, I think, as a young person. Certainly I was not as politically aware as climate aware um, yeah. at that age as young people are. So I feel like there's this pressure to grow up so fast because you are exposed to more political views, which none of these things are bad things, but political views and not just celebrity, but diet culture and what's going on in other countries and other continents and war. And it's, it's something that no, no human brain has the actual capacity to be able to process all of these things. So it's just like, it feels like you're at a shopping mall. Honestly, this is what I feel like for Gen Z. If you've ever been at a shopping mall, which I don't even know if people go to malls anymore, but you go through like the fragrance aisle and they just spray, 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 spray. I feel like you can't, and you have to walk out and you feel overwhelmed and you're exhausted and you're tired. Like totally. It's so stimulating. We're in this place of constantly, yeah. Well, how do I, how am I even supposed to feel? And so the, the tools of, of yoga, meditation, breath work, community, it's really about feeling connected to your body and, and tapping back in because I, I think so much of us live upstairs. I call it the attic or up here in the mind all day overthinking. We're in the past, we're in the future constantly getting bombarded and so when we come down into the body so doing these practices of embodiment can feel like a sense of relief and you're connected to something greater and you crawl back down into your heart and you feel your body and you notice your breath it really starts to help with panic and anxiety and um and so to me there's a there's a huge link of mindfulness and mental health um and i think the younger we can learn these tools the better off we are and that's really why i started this um when i did was really to support a younger generation coming up into the world when you were younger and it was before you got into um it was before you maybe got fully into breath work and you were just starting to recognize yoga but still practicing with other things what were some tools that helped you other than yoga and meditation and breath work what were some physical tools or did you did you have to go on walks outside did you have to like go get massages or acupuncture or eat a certain thing drink a certain thing supplements were there any other tools that you used that helped you 
Yeah. Journaling 100%, like hands down journaling was my number one tool, even as a young person, like, you know, you're like little dear diary. It was just a way for me to, I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm all feeling, I have a very uh, deep emotional intelligence. And so from a young age, I was feeling everyone's feelings and trying to really understand where I was in the equation. So for me, pen to paper and really writing out how I was feeling, Uh, was such a helpful tool for me and still is. And the book um, certainly has a journaling prompt at the end of each chapter and really ways to just discern how am I feeling? Because when the feelings bubble up and they get really intense, that's often where we numb or we run, right? And that's what Mm -hmm. I was always doing. I was either numbing through food or running you know, buying a new outfit or going, you know, whatever it was, like just how you know, you fill in your vice here. When things get uncomfortable, what do you do? And the tendency is numb, binge watching shows or running, over-exercising or throwing yourself into toxic relationships. Like we all have had those things. What does it actually mean to stay with what you're feeling? And so for me, that's yoga, that's meditation, but that was also journaling. Here's how I'm feeling and just having a a gateway for these things to flow out and sort of empty out. and, and kind of soothe and, and self-regulate. So that's always been my like number one tool. I was watching or I was watching someone's story that I follow. Oh, it's a girl that I started following when I was in, like when Instagram first came out, she was a singer and I was like, oh, let's find her. Um, her name is Nikki Heaton and she has two beautiful babies and they're both under two, like so sweet. And she just had a post, someone asked her about Uh, how do you like sleep train your children and she goes honestly I don't she goes humans and adults can't even self-soothe all we need it we need a weighted blanket we need sleepy time tea we need magnesium you know we need we need compliments or like someone to swipe left on our picture on uh, some dating app or some shit but it's it's we can't even self-soothe so how are we supposed to expect a baby to so you actually that's why she, it was just her preference she's like this works for us it might not work for everybody but I really liked that approach because I was just telling someone the other day that you know I was talking to someone who was raised with not as much verbal or physical affection whereas I was like loved constantly and you know hugged too much as a child but everyone is raised so differently. And I think that that self-soothing and that self-regulation, it really is cultivated. You're so right. It is. I have a a meditation um, on the open app called held. And it's literally a practice where you, you, it's a self hold where you hold yourself. Do you see me doing this? I literally, (laughs) I sit, no, I'm not kidding. I sit with my hand in my boob and this is when I drive. This is when I interview (laughs) people. Like it's just, I I always have it there. That's crazy. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. So it's one hand under your armpit, the other hand around your neck and you just sort of draw the elbows in close to you, close the eyes, relax the body. And I have so many, I was just, I did a podcast recording yesterday with a, with someone and she was like, I love that one where you hold yourself. And I'm like, yes, Uh that is the one. It's just so beautiful. It's a way to regulate your nervous system, which is what we're talking about, right? Coming back into parasympathetic pathetic state so you can feel more calm so you're in a place of responding to life versus reacting to life um and a lot of us yeah like you said don't get touched often or if you're single or you're alone or you didn't grow up with that connection you really can be the generator of your own love and and really finding a way to care for yourself and instead of looking for it and seeking for it externally finding it within yourself and so that one for me in particular is so sweet there's just this sweet beautiful quality of of what it means to really be there for yourself it really reminds me of that one scene in uh, superstar where she puts her hands under her armpits and she just (laughs) snips her fingers because she's so nervous (laughs) that's what it reminds me of Let's talk about open for a second. I know we have heard from Allie all about open and the different benefits of breath work and meditation, but let me show you how I use open. Open is the only mindfulness app that combines all of breath work, meditation, and movement. So what I like to do is wake up in the morning and do my mini meditation after my workout. I like to go get my workout in so that my energy is flowing and it's out of me and I don't feel any anxiousness. And then I get into my meditation. I'll do anywhere from five to 15 minutes. Uh, And if I'm not doing a meditation that day, if I'm just feeling like I have too much on my plate and I know I won't get present for a meditation, that's when I go into breath work. I started off by doing the one minute to two minute breath works because I figured, 
okay, let me start somewhere. And I've moved up to a five minute breath work. I've been doing using the open app for nearly three months now. And I know I've posted about it. And as soon as I posted about it, I think we had we had a lot of people inquire about the breathwork. This is the most specific breathwork focused app. It takes you through each and every step of the way. The inward breathing, the outward breathing, why it works, what it's doing. It preps you. It tells you what's going to happen and it tells you how you're going to feel. That's what I really like about it is if I really need energy that day or if I'm in a really stressed state, by doing one or two minutes of this breathwork, I feel like I've taken Adderall. It, it feels... <laughs> It gives you so much natural energy and it physically alters your state. So if you don't have time to go get a workout in or your boss is stressing you out and you're in between calls, taking a couple of minutes to do this breath work can actually minimize the amount of chatter we have going on in our head. It feels like you're having a cup of coffee. That is how I have been using the open app. But if you want to check out the open app, make sure that you are checking out open on the app store. You can get a 30-day listenership free when you visit withopen.com slash hotter. Again, if you want to make sure that you are getting the best practice in the world with the best teachers in the world anytime, anywhere, you can join me on open by going to withopen.com slash hotter. Let me know what you think. I'll see you in one of the live classes. I've been doing the breath work and I think you all will absolutely love it. Again, Hotter Than Health listeners get 30 days for free when you go to withopen.com slash hotter. Make sure you check it out. You will absolutely love it. You've mentioned a couple of times relationships and being in toxic relationships or, and not to say that that person is toxic, but knowing that maybe you guys aren't compatible. What, when you reference that, do you, do you think that it was more family-based? Do you think it was uh, romantically, a romantic relationship? What was your, what was that like growing up or however you felt that? Yeah, I think that certainly the family dynamic we grow up in has a direct impact on who we choose in relationship. They are directly correlated, certainly. Um, I was someone who grew up in a lot of love, probably similar to you. I was, I always heard that I was loved, that I was, um, you know, they, that my parents were proud of me. Um, the dynamic with my father, my father was... Um, uh, yeah, very much in the public eye. He was a radio broadcaster. I would, um, I would kind of, the reference I make is like, he was the Canadian Howard Stern to a certain degree, Aww. like controversial, yeah, like controversial rock radio, you know, yeah. provocative eighties, nineties, early two thousands. And, you know, was oh. on billboards and sides of buses growing up. And it was a lot to do with, we had a very public life, I guess. Um, and my dad, and it still is someone who is very powerful very um you know like he takes up all the space in the room he's incredible and um part of that was trying to feel he all he did was work you know and and so even though he had so much love and so much connection for his family um he had a job to do and so I felt like it left me kind of being like dad dad look at me do you see me am I enough um and so when I started dating you know in my 20s and I was constantly looking for who's the most powerful person in the room. How can I get them to love me, see me, value me? Um, and so I was constantly dating sort of this archetype of, of this man um, and, and recreating the same patterns of, do you see me? Do you love me? Am I valuable? Am I worthy? Um, Truly and pop, so, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And so obviously, I mean, a huge proponent of therapy. I think everyone, you know, should give it, give it a go. But I certainly worked through a lot of that stuff. And it was no fault to my father's. It was no fault to the person, I people that I was dating. But it was really something I had to reconcile within myself. Stop waiting around to be chosen. You have the opportunity to choose yourself. And once I did that, I shifted this pattern. I no longer was dating these sort of replicas of my father. I mean, my husband now could not be any more different <laughs> than my dad. Um, but it was so interesting. And I knew that that pattern had shifted when I met my husband, because it was just, I just felt like I had nothing to prove. I felt like you're lucky <laughs> to be like me and vice versa. And it just really felt like two holes coming together. And this is so cliche. And if I was single right now, I'd like roll my eyes at me. Um, but 
there was something really profound in that I wasn't needing to prove myself um, to anyone else. And I, I really chose, chose myself. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and that was really, yeah, really, I mean, so interesting. It's an interesting journey. Yeah. And again, you can't learn it until you're out of it already, you know, but what's, what's funny is I think that in the past five or so years, we've heard like the number one piece of dating advice. If you are single is as soon as you stop looking, Mm -hmm. he will find you, you will come. And I, I get that, but also there are still like, it's okay to still seek out what you want without, you know, just sitting back and letting it happen like you can still want and have a desire and like you can still um you can still make yourself open and available for these people without just without making it all about them it's still about you and being whole but once once you feel like you're you're good and you're not just rushing into it for gratification or validation get out there you know Totally. I think for me, it was more about wanting to be in relationship with myself just as much as I wanted to be in relationship with with someone else. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know being in relationship to myself was a thing. It was just sort of like, you know, your condition, especially if you're female, it's like you grow up and you, you know, you, you find the partner, then, then the job and marry and baby, like, you know, there's this path that is set in front of us from like Disney movies. Someone's just going to like sweep us off of our feet. And, um, you know, it certainly doesn't always look like that. And, and Mm -hmm. really, turning my gaze back toward myself and healing all of this stuff. I mean, I was, I'm so not to say that you can't heal alongside a partner. You certainly you can, but getting all my eating stuff and, and this identity loss when I stopped dancing and changed career paths, all of that, I, I was so important to me to bring myself back into my own wholeness. And so that when I met my partner, um, he was a direct reflection of, of what I was feeling. He was just a different archetype. I just, it was so cool. Um, so yeah, I think that you just have to want a relationship with yourself first. Love and that. that is what sustains. I mean, we've been together for six years and we've been long distance. We were separated because of the pandemic. Cause I had gone back to Canada. Like we've been on a wild journey and lived in three different countries and we're just have truly have our own independence and it's so beautiful when we are together but we have such a we really have our own identities and um that is is something that suits both of us very very well um I love that yeah and I'm just like I got nothing to prove here I know you know my 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 responsibility is my own happiness I'm not we're not trying to make each other happy we're making ourselves happy first and that collective energy that we create is so beautiful yeah okay for someone who's listening and we're going to do a giveaway with open. We're also going to do a giveaway with your book, but for someone who's listening, who has not dabbled in breath work, once they download the app, or if they just want to try it out, where should they start? Where should they start with a meditation and where should they start with breath work? And I mean like quick, brief, maybe they'll do it every day for a week type of situation. There's so many different pathways you can go depending on what's sparking your interest, but we, de- we have series. So I think they're called like breathwork basics or, you know, meditation basics where we really guide you day by day of, you know, um, these shorter practices just to get a taste, yeah. but you can go into the app and search too. So say if you're like, I like breathwork, I have under five minutes and I want to feel energized. You can mm-hmm find your way through that. So I think starting off slow, um, you know, slow, meaning like you don't have to go into like a 60 minute yoga practice, like go no, find God, a no. little yeah. three minute, yo- you know, find a little three minute breathwork thing and try again the next day and the next day. But there's a couple series in there, which is a really good way to start. Um, I like that. And yeah. people like a little challenge. They like to be able to tick something off. So if you have a, ch- a series that is five days long or two weeks long, you could do it every day before work or something. Yeah. And this is something that is really, I, when I travel for work, I'll be, I'll try and do like 30 seconds of a cold shower every morning on and off. And then yeah. I end with cold, hot because I'm a wuss, but, <laughs> but I'll sometimes do breath work in a shower when it's really cold. And I feel like it's that Wim Hofy situation. I don't know if I should have a disclaimer for that because you might pass out in the cold shower, but here it is, I'm doing it. And it feels good. I genuinely, I could not be more energized when I get out. And people are like, oh my God, that sounds miserable to do in the morning, but there's something about putting yourself in that controlled discomfort that allows you to adapt. 
I get asked all the time, like, what's your morning routine or what's this or that? The most consistent thing I have done probably for the last, I don't know, maybe seven years is I dry brush in the morning and then I have a quick hot shower if I need to wash my hair, but mostly it's cold. I'll do three minutes cold shower. Even when I was living in Canada, in New York in the winter, it's something oh, I God. have always done consistently. My breakfast will change, my wake up time, all of that can change, but that dry brush into cold shower is like my my gospel it's something i just i don't know has made the most profound shift in my life since um, this since this is a nutrition podcast i just have to know if you're going in and you're going to film three two or three videos for open and you're teaching a class you know you have a big physical day yeah or you just need energy what yeah. is your go-to breakfast and lunch so I think in the morning for me, it depends. I mean, I, it depends where I'm at in my cycle. I'm very, I'm someone that's been so connected to my, I've been off birth control for years and years and years. And I've been tracking my cycle probably since I was 22. What do you use? Um, uh, I just know in my own body early days, I was using apps, but now like, I literally can tell this is probably too much information, but like within my cervical fluid, what's going on in my body. I feel is myself like ovulate or yeah. Yeah. And I just, I I'm very consistent. I bleed on the full moon. I just sort of always know kind of where the moon cycle is at. It's the new moon today or yeah, today I'm ovulating. So I just, my body is synced to that cycle. And so Whoa. it just depends on what I need, but generally for someone like me who I run pretty cold in my circulation, like as much as I love smoothies and getting that down, I'm like, I, I need warm food. Warm food is so much better for me. Um, so something like oatmeal in the morning with, you know, something that can really sustain me. Because when I'm filming, especially if I'm filming yoga, I don't want to come in with a full stomach. I want to have eaten, let that digest so that I can, you know, I don't feel like I'm going to throw up on camera as I'm like sure. twisting and contorting my body. Um, and then generally same thing for lunch, something warm, even though I'm in LA and everyone's eating like raw salads all the time. I do much better with soups and stews and, and root vegetables and things that are really grounding. Are you Vata? In Very. Dosha? Okay. I was like, me too. I'm the same. Yeah. Circulation is poor, windy. Yeah. I'm dry everywhere. Yeah. That's, yes. Yeah. Just interesting. Yeah. 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 Super Vata. I um, have a, an incredible Ayurvedic uh, therapist. Her name is Navi Gill. And she has helped me so much through the last few years, but certainly um, with my vata imbalance, she's always like, I know you want to eat a smoothie, but it's not what is going to work for you. And that's why when I was vegan and raw and, you know, eating all these things, my, I just didn't have enough digestive fire to, to take those things down. My so body was like, give me a beet girl. Give me a yes. sweet potato. <laughs> I remember when I was, I, when I first moved to Charleston, it was right after, um, some people know this, some people don't, if you're new here, then you might not. But, um, I moved here essentially, but was in Charlotte every three or four days because my mom was very sick. And then when she passed, I was so up and down with my eating and I would do smoothies and raw salads and juices. And I also, this was a period of time when I was getting like insane cystic acne, tons of UTIs, like yeast infections all the time, just bacterial overgrowth. All the, I mean, horrific. And I was super depressed and anxious, not depressed. I don't want to say that lightly. I had depressive, long depressive stints and a lot of avoidance. And then <clears throat> And then I was doing more of a kapha situation where I was doing like too much coconut, too much this stuff. And then I was like dense and heavy and I was like, fuck, I cannot figure this out. But then I just started doing like Buddha bowls and warm things. And I switched to um, like eggs on toast and avocado toast. And it was such a better fit for me. And some people just maybe they don't do as well with some fresh carbs, but I do great with that. But with raw veggies, like I can't do some people, if I do a, a piece of raw broccoli from a charcuterie, not a charcuterie board, but a crudite board, I will burp sulfuric acid for like 45 minutes an hour, one yeah. piece. It's just yeah. wild, the body. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm like a digestive person. And once I figured that out now, I, I, but I will say, with the smoothies, if I have a very balanced smoothie, it's thick and it's made not with that much ice, I can do that after a workout if I have warm beverage with it. Yes. Like 100%. Yes, I am the same. And it's just, again, it's figuring out what, what works for you. And I think when I was like, where I got caught up in, oh, 
oh, everyone in yoga is like smoothies and green juices and da da da. And it's like Ayurveda, what we're talking about right now are, are doshas. It's it's uh, uh, the science of life. It's called Ayurveda. It's as old as yoga is. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same foundation. And, and so I thought I was eating quote unquote yogic, but no, I was just eating what the wellness industry was like yes. shoving down my throat. So it's so important to be discerning and really understanding like, yes, there might be like an $18 Haley Bieber Erwan smoothie <laughs> <laughs> that looks cool, but you know, it might not work for you. And but so like, I know, need a poached egg and fingerling yeah, potatoes. And totally. And <laughs> uh, that just sounds so good. My whole body was like salivating. And that was really when I decided I was working also with a Chinese medicine doctor at the time. And she just said, Hey, you know, up to you, but you might really benefit by, by eating just a little bit of meat in your diet. And I was like, absolutely not. I could never. Yeah. And my mom, uh, I had gone home and my mom was cooking um, like a bison stew, like just like, like wild meat. Yeah. And that's what, what my body was doing. I was salad. Like I'm not kidding you. I was literally drooling. Like my whole body was like, like, I need oh. that. But then my mind was going, no, you're a raw vegan and you don't da 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 da. And then she, I just said, no, I can't do this. But she she put some in it like Tupperware gave it to me and she said just think about it you know you are unwell no Mm -hmm. pressure but you know your hair is falling out you don't have a period you're very thin (laughs) like you know maybe think about it and so the next day I put it on the stove I reheated it just as sort of an experiment and the same thing salivating I'm an O blood type my ancestors are you know eastern European they were like meat and potato people and so I just tried the littlest bit and just tried to relax, get out of my mind and what I was making it up to all mean. Yeah. And I felt like I had superpowers. The next day I had never had more energy. It had been years since I felt that type of energy. Wow. My body was going, thank you. And the and great so- thing is, is that you can still 90% of the time be doing plant forward and plant, I call it plant totally. dominant. And I love then, that. Yeah. But like you really can. I do seafood a number of times per week. I feel really good about it. I do eggs once in a while, but I, for, for like moral reasons, I don't do pig or cow yeah. or any land animals yeah. and chicken. Just, I have a whole episode on it. Fuck chicken. Yeah. Sorry. I can't do it, but <laughs> yeah, that's but, totally fair. But the, um, pigs are just so smart, but the cow, I, I will say that is the only one that I have ever considered. Like if I'm in Italy, we have a potential trip next year in Italy and there is a beautiful pasta and it has some kind of ragu in it. it. That's an experience to me. And it doesn't mean that I've changed. It just means that I'm eating intuitively. And when I go home, that I'm still going to do bok choy saute every night. I'm still going to do whatever I want. But totally. once we, and guess what? Like Nobody cares nobody like nobody cares I I didn't realize that yeah oh same I I really had to strip off of all of those identities and all of those things and and those were that was all just my control right it was another form of me to control and and now I mean I've I've traveled the world for years teaching yoga and the last time I was in Japan I was in Osaka and one of I was teaching at Wonderlust Festival it's a big yoga festival and then one of the hosts brought us to this like cool restaurant that they're they're parents owned and I don't know I was getting served all types of stuff and I was like this is such a beautiful experience these people are making this food from their heart and I don't know it was just like I think I was eating like intestines or something I'm not totally sure what it was no but it felt like you know that food was love and the way it digested in my body and I think so much about I talk about this in the book about honor and punishing you know certainly I was eating a certain way to punish myself even though the food was quote unquote good you know I wasn't able to digest it because I hated myself. I was at war with my body. And now it's like, okay, if I do eat the thing that was deemed quote unquote bad, but my relationship with it is different. It's amazing what I can digest just because of how I'm, how I'm in relationship to food. And it's taken me a long time to get there, but wow. Game changer. So getting out of this good, bad, right, wrong. It's really about what your body needs and how to, how to feed that. For sure. Well, Ali, you're the best. I'm really happy that we got to have this conversation. Before we leave, where can everyone find you and how can we enter? Well, if you want to enter to win a copy of Girlvana from from the 
Allie wrote, then all you have to do is make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow us both on social media. I will have her in the show notes as well as on social media today. But where can everyone find you? And if they want to learn more about your history and what you offer. Yeah. So I'm Allie Maz, A-L-L-Y-M-A-Z on Instagram. Um, and then Girlvana Yoga is on Instagram and so is Open. And those are three ways you can find me. Um, you can find me on the Open app at your fingertips at any time of the day if you want to practice yoga, meditation, or breath work with me. Amazing. And we are going to be doing a giveaway for Open. For the Open giveaway, you have to write a review on Apple Podcasts, the Purple app. Let us know that you listened to this episode specifically, and we will be choosing from those people. Um, make sure you're following and subscribed and you listen again in case you win. But thank you so much, Ali. I'm so excited for this conversation and I'm happy to know you and I'm happy to be able to see who I'm really meditating with or doing breath work with tomorrow morning when I use the open app. <laughs> you again for listening to this week's episode of hotter than health remember like subscribe share wherever you're listening and make sure you're sharing this with your friends so that they can enter in to win an annual membership on the open meditation mindfulness yoga breathwork app i'm obsessed with it you will be too all you have to do is subscribe to the podcast leave a review letting us know you liked this episode and if you want an extra shot to win, just take a screenshot and share this episode on your Instagram stories. Tag me, tag Allie, tag Open, whoever for extra entries. And we will pick a winner in the next week. We will talk to you next Thursday.